And we are on part three of discovering the pulse. We are on part three of discovering the pulse. Uh, and we are on page, uh, the bottom middle part of uh, page 16 in your book, uh, in your handout, uh, our lifestyle statement, what we practice. And it's so important that you know this. Um, I'm getting a lot of feedback from this from you all saying that you are enjoying it, and I'm, I'm glad that you are because it's giving you an idea of what makes this whole um, adventure of the pulse and what God is doing. It just pulls it all back into place. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you lead me and guide me, direct me as I teach today that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you'll help me to be obedient to you, and I give you thanks and I give you praise. I pray that people get what you want them to get out of this. And Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise because it is in the name of Jesus. Amen. There are some, um, I have found, because what we're going to talk about is the Bible today and, and tithing and different things. Um, I have, I learned something new uh, in this area that I was never familiar with uh, in other areas uh, that I have pastored and I've only pastored um, you know, three churches in 30 years, and so uh, one thing that I did not know is how much there is a, especially in, in this area, that there is a huge King James version of the Bible um, doctrine, and, and I say that very embarrassing that there is a doctrine of the King James Version Bible that is, that is in this area that I have never found before. And uh, now I will tell you this, that I preach from the King James Version of the Bible. Now I will reference, sometimes I will reference the NIV Version of the Bible, but understand something about the NIV, sometimes it leaves out certain things within and so you have to make sure that you know what you're talking about and that you're studying, you know, a couple of different versions of the Bible to make sure. Um, like, for an example, this comes through prayer and fasting, uh, that scripture. In the NIV version of the Bible, fasting is left out for some reason. I don't know why, but it's also left out in another part uh, of the Bible. Now, I've been ridiculed for uh, using other Bibles, but... I don't answer to any other preacher or any other person uh, within, uh, within the area. I preach from the King James. And I believe the King James. I don't believe there are any errors in the King James Version of the Bible. And let me tell you why. Because it is the infallible Word of God inspired by God. Amen. So we have to be real careful how we handle that. So um, what was it... Uh, Emma, what was that one that Adam always called it? The 16, Adam Ramsey, who, who attended our church uh, for a while, he was a big six. what, what was it called? The, the King James Version 1611. And I, I looked at him one time and I said, I don't know what that means. He said, you've never heard of that. And I said, no. I said, I've never, never, ever heard of that. And so he, edu he educated me on it and I learned a, a whole lot on it. So I said all that to say this, is that the Bible is the sole authority, it is the Word of God. The whole Bible was given to us by the inspiration from God, 
and is useful in teaching us what is true. Have you ever noticed that in this world today that we live in, it seems like everybody has an opinion and everybody thinks they're right? Anybody believe that? Okay, a few of you. Okay, so what I have learned over the years through this is that people have asked me, they said, are there errors in the Bible? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there when it was written. But one thing that I do know is that what God says, I have to take it for his word. Amen. It's important. Now, it is the true written word of God. And that we realize because of the truth, we realize what is wrong in our lives. We can always go back to the word of God and it will help you and it will line you up in what God is wanting you to know. Amen. It straightens out, it straightens us out and it helps us to do right. And that is in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Since God's word is only complete and reliable and it's the truth. It's the only thing that we could go by. And it's the only thing that will never let us down. But it's one of the things that I believe that Christians don't read enough of. I think we need to read the word of God to be able to know. And, and I don't know about you, I was sitting in a meeting one day and, and we were talking about some different things and, and I said, well, let's go back to the word of God and what the word of God says. See, we can always go back to the word of God and it will tell you exactly. Now, are there times in the word of God that it is hard to understand? Yes. Can you agree by a show of hands? I have a children's Bible. And I go to that children's Bible sometimes when I can't find out what I need. I'll go and I'll look at the pictures. And sometimes that helps me. The Bible is the basis for what all that we believe. One comment that I made years ago, but I still believe it to this day, read it. Read it. I mean, what version you read, you pray about it and you read it. Because I'm excited to the fact is that you're going to read the Word of God because by you reading the Word, it gets be you get better. Now, seven days without prayer makes one week. And let me ask you something today. How many people have a red Bible? And you're saying, well, mine's blue. No, I'm talking about a red Bible. Do you have a Bible that's been read? Christ is the head of the body, the church, and he is the source of the body's life. Christ is to be recognized as the head of the church, not any other person, any other group, any other religious organization. It is the Bible. Let me tell you something. There are so many denominations that people will say, well, what church do you go to? Well, I go to the Pulse Church. Well, what do they believe? They believe the Bible. They believe um, in, in, uh, in Jesus. They believe in the Holy Spirit. They believe um, in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe in being, uh, being in love and the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit uh, in operation within our lives. It's easy for you to tell what the Pulse believes because you've been here and that's what I preach. Christ is the head and his body of the church and the source of the body's life he is the priesthood of every believer Christ loved us and loves us 
and by his death, he has freed us from sin. He has freed us from sin, and he's freed us from the kingdom uh, of, of darkness. He has freed us from that because of the word of God and because of him going to the cross. Let me tell you something. Never attend a church that doesn't talk about the blood and doesn't talk about the cross. Because that's what this thing is all about. My mentor, James Ashworth, has said that many times. He said, brother, it's about the blood. It's about the cross. Christ loved us, told, told us to love our bride as he loves the church. Let me tell you something. I don't know if you know this or not, but there is going to be called a married supper of the Lamb where we are going to sit down. We are going to marry Jesus. And people may think that that's just the craziest thing, but we are married. We are the bride of Christ, adorned in white. And there's going to be a supper. And we're going to eat. People ask me, they say, do you think we'll eat in heaven? I hope so. But thank God, I may have to hack. Ha, not going to be any cholesterol. Ha, not going to be any pain. Ha, I'm telling you, because let me tell you something. It's going to be all fat-free. But it's not going to taste fat-free. <laughs> you ever notice that a lot of the food that, that we say is fat free it's nasty your dog wouldn't eat it you actually actually go to court for cruelty towards animals but let me tell you something I'm, I'm telling you I'm talking meat and potatoes baby that's what who knows what's going to be at the married supper but I'm sure it's going to be good the Bible teaches that every Christian is called to full-time Christian service. Regardless of who you are and what your, vacation, uh, your, your vocation is, we practice at this church that you are a true believer and that you are called. You are called. I am called. You are called. It's not just my job. To lead people to Jesus, amen. It's not just my job to pray for the sick and they get better, amen. It is our job. It is our job to win souls for the kingdom of God. You say, well, I'm not very smart. I, I can't lead anybody to Jesus. It doesn't have anything to do about smarts. It has everything to do about obedience. How obedient are you? Are you obeying what Jesus is saying? And every believer has direct access to God through prayer and through Bible reading. We don't have to call the psychic network to figure out what God wants for us. We have a, if you are saved, you have a, you have a 100% channel to get to God and you don't have to wait in line. I remember several years ago when we lived in a, a town called Polka. We were getting ready to go to church. We were attending Maranatha Fellowship, and I was eating shredded wheat. Shredded wheat is one of my favorite kind of cereals. My son and I could sit down and eat a family-sized box of cereal in one setting. 
and talk about the world's problems. And I, I miss those times of, of doing that. <coughs> we could tear up some Rice Krispies. Mm. God all over us. But I was sitting eating breakfast. Christy was in the bathroom getting her hair all fixed, ready for church. And, and I was sitting there eating breakfast, and I got choked on shredded wheat. And, you know, I, I, learned, uh, I learned years ago that when you, uh, when you get choked, the first thing that people want to do is they go, go oh, they suck in. Well, that's one of the worst things that you could do. One of the easiest things to do is to breathe out <coughs> and cough it out. Well, I tried everything that I knew to do. I was getting ready to graduate from college, and I thought I was really excited about that. And I'm sitting there trying to breathe, and I could not breathe. A lot goes through your mind when you can't breathe. And I thought, as I was walking from the kitchen to the bathroom in a mid-entry home was a long way, and I'm telling you what, I wasn't breathing. Now, we've learned through yesterday through our CPR and first aid training for the daycare and for the Lighthouse Christian Academy. We had a, a training yesterday here at the church that your air, your airway is as big as that, right there. Your airway is that big, and after about a minute of no air, you'll pass out. And so what, I was preparing for that. Because I was praying and I was saying, Lord, I need help here. I need help here. So I walk into the bathroom and Christy knows that I'm in trouble and there's shred of wheat coming out of every area of my head and, and I'm just like, I'm not breathing. And, and so I turn for her to do the Heimlich on me to clear that out and all of a sudden, the woman of God in the house goes behind me and she puts her hands on my back and she says, in the name of Jesus, heal him. Instantly it cleared. <coughs> I didn't cough. I didn't sneeze. Nothing. It cleared instantly. <coughs> Why did I tell you that story? It's because you are at the throne of mercy before God when you speak his name you don't have to wait in line you there is nobody ahead of you you're a child of the most high God and he loves you and he cares about you and he wants to meet your every need and let me tell you something all you got to do is call out his name We called out his name that day, and he cleared it. I'm thankful that I can go to the throne of grace, that I can just, whatever I'm doing, I can say Jesus, and he's there. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always there. One of the things that in discovering the pulse that we are to, to do uh, is uh, we are to tithe. And this is not for me to get rich. This is not for me to have two or three homes 
this is not for me. I've always worked uh, at the church for a, uh, a nice uh, salary, and God has always been faithful. I've, I've worked up until about the last year and a half. <coughs> and one of the things that has got us through is being able to tithe. Now, you stop and think, I never made big money. When I left the bank, I was making $72,000 a year. That's not very much money. That's uh, that, for, for a guy that managed the bank and went ball-headed. You know, it's, it's an okay salary, but it's not what I could make. I could probably go south with a master's degree in business and probably make 100 plus. But that's not what God has called me to do. And so, but I got to tell you that there have been times in my life that it has been tough to tithe. You can straighten your halo if you want to. But I'm telling you, there have been times that it has been tough to tithe. Why has it been tough to tithe? Because there have been bills that, that are due over our lives. But guess what? We have tithed. And God has been faithful. A tithe is everything you produce because it belongs to God and it is holy to the Lord. Do you know that your money is holy to the Lord? And it is important that we become team players within the body of Christ and become tithers. And how do we do that? Let's say for an example, what our church, um, what our church um, does is we recommend you to tithe what the Bible says. Anybody know what that is? Anything over 10% is a what? It is an offering. And so I want to thank the ones that give on a regular basis to help keep the lights on to this church. I want to thank you for doing that. I want to thank you that the bills are paid and that God is faithful in keeping both of our campuses uh, up and running, soon to have a daycare, uh, and God is moving in, in so many different ways so we practice that we support uh, the body of Christ with 10% and that's what the Bible says to do well let's say that you are not a tither within this church and let's say that you've got a lot of bills that you're paying and you're struggling with the opportunity to be able to tithe we can ease you into that little by little. You say, well, how do you do that? Maybe start with 3%. Maybe start with 5%. Maybe start with 8%. Whatever. Some people can do more than 10%. But, but here's the thing. It's, God is looking for your obedience. Uh, a man of God, J Pastor Jim Wright, said this one time. He said that if God has your pocketbook, then he's got your heart. I believe that. 
Now, if uh, uh, the last time that you were here, I remember this. I had a chalkboard up here. I, it's amazing that, you, that I would remember that. But you were here, and I wrote down, uh, if you make $1,000 uh, a, a week or $1,000 a month, what's 10% of $1,000? That's $100. Andy said one time, what was it you said that God lets us keep 90%? He's pretty good at that, isn't he? He, he, he allows us to keep 90%. And so, people who give, he will bless. <clears throat> will he bless people that are stingy with his money? What's the Bible say about it? What's the Bible say about it? John? What's the Bible say about people who don't tithe? You don't receive. Give and it shall be what? So if you don't give, what's, I mean, read into it. You're not going to be blessed like you could be. You, know, you say, well, what do you mean blessed? I'm talking about God wants us to live the abundant life. Now, am I the type of guy that, that says you've got to have three or four homes and all this kind of stuff like some of these big wig preachers are? I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. If God wants to bless him, that's their business. I got to worry about my house and, and where I'm at. And, 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 but I will tell you this. If, if I had to be obedient to God by giving, then he's going to bless me. Then guess what? Then I want to do it. Because you know what? I want everything that God wants me to have. Do you? The next thing that our church believes is immersion. And do, do we know what immersion is? It, it's where we, we do a baptism service. Now, um, our family attended the Methodist church when we were saved in Cross Lanes. That's the church that I was saved in. Uh, and my dad and I were baptized together. And we were sprinkled. We were sprinkled in the Methodist church. Anybody sprinkled? In the Methodist Church, see, I was sprinkled in the Methodist Church, and and so um, years later, Mom became a choir director of the Elmore Advent Christian Church, which um, she was there for like eleven years. And so, for us to join that church, we had to be dumped. We had to be submerged and 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 go under. So, those that are new to our church, this is a baptistry. Behind here is a baptistry, a heated, thank you, Jesus, baptistry. Had a, dear, had a dear guy, he's in heaven now. He had pancreatic cancer. Never forget his name was Roger Gibson. And Roger got saved. He was, uh, he was an alcoholic, and I tell you what, but he got saved. And when that boy got saved, he really got saved. He quit drinking, quit everything, and quit carousing. <laughs> and absolutely, he had a son that looked like David. And I baptized that dude by myself in a creek. About baptized myself too. Put him under and my footing went down. And I'm telling you, it was March. It was cold. I don't know why people want to wait, go to the stinking creek in March. You, why not June? <laughs> so we cut the ice for Roger. I, I, Roger called me 5.30 one morning. And, and he said, uh, he said I, I want to get baptized because he just got saved. This was on a Monday. 
And he said I, he got saved on a Sunday and wanted to get baptized on Monday. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go by and I'll fill up the baptistry. This was at Tyler Heights down in Cross Lanes where I pastored. And I said, I'll make sure that it's heated. He said, I want to go to the river. I said, Roger, I said, are you sure? I, you know, he had pancreatic cancer. And, and he said, yes. He said, uh, I want to go. And, and so I can't find the pictures where I baptized him. But let me tell you something. We cut the ice. And the ice was that thick. And when I put him under, I had to take the ice and move it back before the, the, the person that was helping me. I had to move the ice back so that it wouldn't cut him when I brought him back up. Neither one of us got sick. Neither one of us got a cold. None of us, you could have cut my legs off and I'd have never known it. That's the truth when I'm telling you. <laughs> With my hand up, like, I'm telling you, you could have cut my, I mean, because we were in there, but it was a short prayer, baby, I can tell you that much. <laughs> it was absolutely. But we believe that. Because it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the old man and the new man coming up. See, here's what you've got to get a hold of. Is that you are a new creation in Christ because of your salvation experience. You're saved. That's why, and I've heard it up here, and I'm telling you, I don't mean to be critical. But I've heard people say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Oh, I tell you. You, you, you're saved by grace, all right, but let me tell you something. When you accept Jesus into your life, you ain't no longer a sinner. You're saved. You say, well, I still sin. Your flesh does, but your spirit is saved. So if you've never been baptized and you're a Christian, then I encourage you, to talk to me about it in June or July. <laughs> if you wanted to go right now, I'll go to the river. We at this church are to live a spirit-led life. We believe in spirit-led living. You say, well, what do you mean by spirit-led? I'm talking about hearing the voice of God. Now, this is not familiar with a lot of you because a lot of you just probably think that you, you do stuff on a whim. Has anybody, has anything ever nagged at you? Uh, just a, an, an inner thought or an inner, inner feeling that you had? And, and it may be in something that God wanted you to quit or wanted you to start, and, and you just started nagging at you. That's what happened with this daycare. I, I created and started the name We Care Daycare in 1998. I went and I went to the to the uh, Secretary of State's office in 1998 and started that name and never did anything to it until 2020. Isn't that crazy? But but it began to nag at me because I had it set off to the side and I think well maybe someday. Well it started to started to to. I started thinking about it, and I started thinking about it. I said, okay, Jesus, is this you? See, here's the thing that you have to understand. Just because you have a thought, or just because you have a dream, it doesn't mean it was mama's Italian dressing on the salad that caught, and the spiciness or the, the, the spaghetti sauce that caused you to dream that kind of stuff. Let me tell you something. The Bible says to test the spirits. 
Isn't that what it says, Carlos? says to test the spirits because guess what? You may do some things, you may think about some things, and they may not be God. So what you've got to do is you've got to pray and you've got to get you people that you trust that will pray along with you. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. To pray through something. To have counsel over things. Because God wants to lead you. How many times have you ever broke up with somebody that you were dating because you knew that it wasn't God? You just felt that touch inside of you and you said, I just know that that's not God. And he may be Prince Charming. But it wasn't the right one for you. And then some of you may have not listened to the voice of God and the warnings and you married him anyway God wants us to be led by him I'll never forget one day I drive a Chrysler 300 a 2010 model it's a nice car but you know it's got it's it, you know it, it one thing I don't like about it is if you drop your car keys, they go under the seat, and you can't just reach down and get a hold of them. You got to get out of the car, stick your head underneath it, climb underneath that. Only thing you got your butt sticking out of the car, and you're digging down in there trying to get it, and people driving by saying, That guy's crazy. And so. You dig in there. Well, I dropped my keys down there. Well, I'd like to never got them out of there. Saved me from a car accident right up the street from where I did that. See, just because your life may be delayed somewhere doesn't mean that God's not still in it. And you know there's many of you that God has protected they, 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 te they teach you in flying, you, you know, on a day like, they say, you know, the wind's blowing or the weather's bad. You ask yourself this question, do I really need to do this today? Sometimes we need to do that. And then, in 1 Peter 3.15, it said, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Now, I know some of you run around with non-Christians. And I'm sure that probably when you run around with non-Christians, you probably act like you're a non-Christian. And, and, and as God matures you, you you'll change and you'll, you'll, you'll start becoming a witness to those people instead of becoming like them. You, you never want it to the place where you, you, somebody asks you, say, well, I never knew that you were saved. Here's the question. If there was a judge and a jury before you and they were going to convict you that because you were a Christian, is there enough evidence to do so? Is there enough evidence to convict you for being a Christian? 
What we have to do is we have to understand within our lives today is that we should be able to tell people about Jesus. I've actually had people call me on the phone because they had a daddy or they had a mommy and I was on their way to visit them. The person that went to church with us or a husband or a wife. I've had this happen so many times. And I, and I would go to meet them. And you know what they would tell me? They would tell me this. Their husband was lost. Their daddy was lost. Their mommy was lost. Their husband was lost. Whatever. I had, a, I had it in all areas. And they said, don't preach to them when you come to our home. Really? But on Sunday morning, they'll be the first ones to stand up and say, remember my family and remember my husband or remember my wife in prayer. But they don't want you to preach to them. If I had a parent that was lost and I knew that they were going to hell and I was saved, I would do everything in my power. I'd be on my knees. They would be hearing me pray for them. Because I don't think that we understand the seriousness of hell. And I think that we just assume that people think that we're all saved and we're all prayed up and paid up and, and, and ready to go up and that we just assume that people know that we're saved. But we need to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. We need to pray for those sick, sick people that we see in the grocery store. <laughs> Sam Wayne and I were in the hardware store not long ago. And I looked at a boy across the counter and I said, won't you come to church with us on Sunday? I said, one more hypocrite won't hurt. Looked at me all glass-eyed, didn't he? Sam and I get in the car and he says, I've actually heard him say that when I invited him to church. He said, he said that before. He said, I'm not going down there because there's a bunch of hypocrites that go down there. And here I look at him and I just say that. <laughs> it's the truth. You can't make it up. We are so quick to judge. Somebody get your Bible. Read Ephesians. Stand to your feet and read uh, that, oh, that person has got it. Read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1. Read chapter, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1. That's Ephesians 6.1. Hold on a minute. Yeah, that's a good one for you to read. Hold on a minute. Let me find it here. I thought that was it. 
Yeah, that's still a good one. Is that for you this morning, Jacob? Did, did God want you to know that one? Galatians 6 1. I don't know how you get the two mixed up. <laughs> Galatians, Galatians 6 1. Read that one. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Anybody have it? Got it on the screen. I didn't know that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Carlos, read it. Yes, sir. Thank you for reading that. Now, I want to talk about this scripture for just a minute. Back to what we were talking about in being a Christian. Let me tell you something. You and me are called to restore the brethren. We are called to restore the brethren. That is what God has called us to do. I'm talking about God wants us to restore the people that get on our nerves. I'll never forget. There was a guy in church, or a guy that I went to school with, Big old boy. Name was Joe. Joe was a colored guy with red hair. I don't know how that happens, but he did. He had red hair. But he was he was black with red hair. Still trying to figure that out. He was mean. I mean, he was mean in school. And he never changed. He was always big and he looked the same, but he was mean. He was one of the guys that you all stayed away from. Anybody have one of those guys in school that you stayed away from? He was mean. Did I say that? <clears throat> and I knew he was lost. came in one of the banks that I managed one day in Charleston. I was licking my chops when he walked in. I thought, God, because you know, if a person overdraws their checking account, that's $35 a pop. And, and I managed the banks, I was in banking for 19 years, and and I couldn't tell you how many times people have told me, they walked in the door and said, you overdrew my checking account. Well, well, let me help you. You overdrew my check-ins account. And I looked at them and I said, I did? Really, me? I did that? No, 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 not you, but the bank. Not the fact is that you wrote a check when there wasn't any money in the account. Hello, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Why would the account be overdrawn? So I was thinking about this guy Joe when he walked in and I hadn't seen Joe for a number of years and, and Joe walks in 
And I knew that he was mean growing up, and he wasn't real nice to a lot of people. And I said, Jesus, I said, I hope he's overdrawn his checking account, and he wants some fees back. I said, because he ain't getting them. I'm going to get him back for what he did to me and how mean he was to us. I've preached more sermons at people that I was wanting to point my finger out, and they weren't there. I've prepared sermons after sermons over the years uh, within my life thinking, you know what, I'll get them back from the pulpit. And then when you get ready to get them back from the pulpit, they don't show up on Sunday. Don't think God doesn't know what he's doing. But that was wrong thinking, uh, the thought process that, you know, I, I'm wanting to get Joe back for what, for what Joe did to me growing up and how mean he was. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope he needs something. See, here's the thing. The problem with the church today is we shouldn't be that way. We should be loving and compassionate and, and, and love and joy and peace and long-suffering, wanting to restore those who are weak. And I don't think it's happening like it needs to happen. But we can't do it in arrogance either, are you with me? We can't say, well, because that person fell in adultery, or that person uh, embezzled, or that person did this, or that person told a lie, or that person did that. No, well, God forbid, I've never done anything like that, so uh, you fly in to save the day. No. church and including Jesus needs to let their humility shine are you with me we need to let our humility shine in our relationship with Jesus and when somebody comes to us when they have fallen or when they have failed and we can say and we can love them and open our arms and take them back and lead them back to Jesus. How many times have you fallen? How many times have you failed? How many times have you had to get on your knees time after time after time before God, and yet he takes us back, but you're holding hard feelings towards people because you can't seem to get a hold of it. And what happens is, is that we hold hard feelings towards people within our lives, but yet we want God to forgive us. Are you with me? <laughs> but God wants us to restore them. God wants us to educate people. God wants us to help get people into a place where they need to be with Jesus. And let me tell you something. You're called to do that. Now you've got to be careful. Don't start a bunch of wars that I've got to clean up. You go to somebody and you say, well, my preacher said this on Sunday, so I just want you to know you stupid. <laughs> How do you think that's going to, what do you think that's He didn't overdraw his account. 
Actually, I looked in his account, and the guy had a lot of money in there. I thought, I need to ask him for an offering, <laughs> you know. Everybody say, bless Joe. <laughs> Help John. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> there's sometimes I've driven out of Gasaway, West Virginia, headed to Scott Depot, West Virginia, and glad I was leaving. Hearing some of the things that I've heard and thinking, what? And out of this church over the years, and it's like, people did what? They said this? That really? They did that? And you want to go to them and say, you stupid. But that's wrong. Because what we got to do is love people. They still may be stupid, but you got to love them. And help them. And educate them back. See, that's what we got to do is help people. Because let me tell you something. If we're led by the Spirit of God, and now, uh, uh, James taught me this too. It, James Ashford, he, he said this one time. He said that, that by being led of Jesus, by not being led of Jesus, you get scars. But by being led of Jesus, there's peace and there's joy in the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost wants to speak to you, wants to talk to you, wants to tell you things about yourself, wants to educate you. I don't know if this is helping any of you today, but it sure is helping me. To the fact is that God wants to speak to me, and here's what, he can speak to me. The thing that we have to understand is will we listen? Will we listen? Will we listen to him? Because he wants to talk to us. He wants to tell us things. You know, we had somebody yesterday come by and look at our house in, in Scott Depot. Possibly, you know, to, to maybe buy it. I just want God's will. I'm, I just want God's will. I'll stay right there in Scott Depot if that's where God wants me. I will. I'll move to 10 buck too if God wants me to. Because you know what? Being in God's will is the safest place that you could ever be. Now let me tell you something, church. There may be bullets flying around your head. I'm talking about literally bullets. For where you are, I mean, these guys that are missionaries that are, that are in different places, I'm telling you, we've got it made compared to a lot of these guys and, and gals, but they're serving Jesus, and guess what? They're in the safest place. If they died today, they'd be in the safest place, being in God's will. Church, I'm 51 years old. I don't want to miss God's will. I want to always be in God's will. I told God years ago when we started this church, if you don't want this to happen, then, then make it not happen. If you don't want the daycare to happen, then don't let it happen. Let me tell you something. You've got to pray through these things. You've got to fast about these things. And then sometimes, like Abraham, had never heard the voice of God. Never heard the voice of God. Now, you imagine... You imagine your husband or your wife coming home 
after a hard day work and said, I've heard from God and he wants us to pick up and move. And she's looking at him and saying, who's God? There's a thing called a faith walk. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. God is faithful. There's things that I'm asking him for that I've heard John Sandy say that you're not asking enough if people aren't laughing at you. I got big dreams. Got big plans. The only way you're going to get there is by being obedient to Jesus. You want to, if you think your life is boring, you run around with me for a week. <laughs> you run around, you run around with me for a week. You run around with John Sandy and I for two or three days. <laughs> In prison. <laughs> Not really. I did that to him one day. We were at the dollar store, bless his heart. No, now, that's just. John and I went into, into the store and, and we got something. I don't remember what it was. It was soft drinks, wasn't it, for that party we were going to. And uh, it was at Maranatha. It was, a, it was some kind of an event. I think what it was, John, the coconut brawl that you had on that day and the grass skirt, I think that's what really threw it off. And, and so, because we were doing some kind of grass, so he walks in the dollar store with a coconut bra and a grass skirt, and, and I told the lady he just got out of prison. <laughs> Bless his heart. But be obedient to Jesus. Be obedient to Jesus in your purchases. Be obedient into Jesus in tithing. Say, God, I don't see it. I don't see how I'm supposed to give, but I'm just going to trust you. You've got to learn to trust him. I'm trusting him on this daycare. I'm trusting him to fill it up. I'm trusting him to fill it up. I'm trusting him to bring it in. Bring in the kids. You say, well, why, why are you doing it? To help the community. To be able to bring commerce into the community. Uh, you know, we're, we're, paying, we're paying people to, to work in the community. We're bringing commerce. The church has people that we pay. We're bringing commerce into the community. We pay taxes into the community. We believe in the community. So what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to step out with me around this altar and I want to dedicate the We Care Daycare to God that we can win souls for the kingdom of God with it and I'd like for you to step out if you would come up around the altar uh, Kara Johnson is, is the director of the daycare um, Katie we hired Katie out of um, uh, from the other day she was actually a referral from Lindsay um, and, and so Katie you'll meet her in, here in a little while if you stay uh, she's picking up pizza for us 
and, um, and we're excited. We're excited. You know, Kelly and Megan have graciously um, offered up two rooms down there in the school, and, and, and I mean, we're just believing for great things. But Carlos, I'd like for you to come up and, uh, and along with everybody else and gather around Kara and me and our family. And, um, and we want, we, it's a celebratory time. We want to celebrate, and we want you to celebrate with us. Um, and, but we also want you to believe God with us to be able to, to bring children and their families to the church, to the community, and to the daycare. Who knows how big that it could be? So, Carlos, where are you? Bring you up here. Christy, Lindsay, and John Christopher, you all come up here uh, also with us um, as, as, our, uh, as our family. Just come up here with me, baby. And uh, we're just, come up here and just, you just pray, you just pray a prayer. And, and as we dedicate this, this daycare to, to Jesus, that souls will come into the kingdom and that he'll fill it up and bring, bring the kids that God wants in this daycare. Father God, as we come to you today, Father, I know not, but you do. Father, you know how many souls will be added. I don't know. Because you said your ways is your way, my ways is not your way. Right. But God, but you will fill exactly what John wants to Thank happen. Thank you, Jesus. Your way, not John's way. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I ask you right now to bless this daycare center, Father God. Thank you, God. To fill it up, and it will be run by your word, Thank not you, our word right. or any man's word. Thank you, Jesus. It will be run by God's word. In the name of Jesus, that's my Thank prayer. You. It will happen. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for making... The finances like they need to be. Hi, baby doll. She came to me. You see that? She just loved me. Hi, honey. You know she came to me and not Christy that time. The other day, the other day, she wouldn't have a thing to do with me. It was Christy, Christy, Christy. Now it's me, 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 me. Hi, baby doll. How you doing? That's my little sissy too. Well, we're believing God for great things. John, I got to say Yes, sir. Talking about having one person I want to get even with. Yeah. There was three in my life I wanted to get even with. I had to run from them. Did you really? They were chasing me. <laughs> oh, they were. <laughs> you get away. I guess you got away from I them. I got away from them. <laughs> That's a good thing. I was a good runner there. That's a good thing. Amen. <laughs> Anybody have anything on their heart they want to share before we go? We want God's will to be done. Is Tori having her baby this week? She is having her baby this week, isn't she? Friday? Well, we're believing. Now, I remember, I thought it was Wednesday. They moved it. Well, God is faithful, and God is going to do great things, and so we want you to celebrate with us um, at 1230, and uh, we could just leave here and go down. we got pizza and, and food and all kinds of good stuff and and the mayor's coming down I want the mayor to meet you all uh, Jeff Skidmore is a really nice guy and uh, and we want you to 
And then, girl, she is. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for this message today and for the people that are here today. Pray you do great things, Father, Lord, in this community. Use us for your kingdom, glory, and honor, and we give you thanks and praise and honor for it. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Be blessed.